1730, the notorious pirate Olivier Levasseur, the buzzard, was executed. As he stood to be hanged, the buzzard threw his necklace into the crowd with a scream. Find my treasure, the one who may understand it. The trap door opened. With that, a legendary pirate was dead, and the hunt for his legendary pirate treasure was born. That wasn't the only thing that happened in 1730. While the necklace was lost, the cryptogram it contained was not. A former mate of the buzzard thinks the treasure is his, and he sails for the treasure's location on the Crimson Cutlass. A privateer ship, the Atlantis, chases them, intending to kill the pirates, decipher the cryptogram, and obtain the treasure for themselves. It is believed the treasure was laid to rest on Bourbon Island nine years ago, that the buzzard captured the Portuguese galleon Our Lady of the Cape, which was loaded with treasures belonging to the Bishop of Goa. The buzzard gave his crew 42 diamonds and 5,000 gold guineas, but kept the rest of the unimaginable treasure for himself. That treasure has never been recovered, and many people still work on cracking the buzzard's code. Will our time travelers help or hinder the Atlantis? Will they become pirates? Will they get out with the treasure? With an answer to one of history's great mysteries, or will they merely escape with their lives? So opens the buzzard's treasure, a Paradoxes and Possibilities adventure written by Sophie Isles, which I am very, very pleased to be the timekeeper of here on a special uh, multi-episode, we'll find out as we go, uh, installment <laughs> of the Game of Rassilon. Hi, everybody. I'm Michael Nixon. Uh, as I said, I am your timekeeper, and I am joined by our intrepid crew. Uh, uh, let me start uh, with uh, Riley Silverman, who's usually our doctor, but today we will discover a new character for... Oh, interesting. I, I'm surprised you're starting with me because of the uniqueness of my character. Um, oh, we're not going to do character build just yet. Oh, okay. Sorry, I got you. Hello. Well, I am Riley, <laughs> and today I'm playing the Professor, and she is a time uh, lady. And Hang on a I second. I like that I went with the thing that's actually still terminology from Dr. I was like trying to say, like, a, she is a time master, and there she goes. There we go. <laughs> it's um, impossible. Yeah. Uh, every fan has tried. Yeah. Um, oh, but thank many, you, Riley. Many people have succeeded. They've called it, they call it Loki. They call it. Yes. Uh, they call it Legends of Tomorrow. The librarian. She's, she's a time legend. So? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call I'm us the librarian. We're she's legends. a chrono regent. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm just time cadets. Now, we have to now. find Carmen San Diego. I, I can't um, say how anywho. excited I am to not play the doctor today. <laughs> like, I'm just okay with it. No doctors, just players. No mercy. Also. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no gods. No masters. No um. Also joining us is the uh, the ever wonderful Ben Padden. Hello. Um, who I have stolen. I've stolen their job. It's yeah, mine. we've actually wow. swapped apartments. We we had to play this game to determine who knows more about mm. the other. Um, mm. And I lost because I, I. It's funny. I don't know what Michael's day job is. I thought he was a transponster. Apparently, that's not even a word. So, so we've swapped nope. apartments and therefore roles. No, I have myriad jobs. Uh, none of them make sense. Uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, just like no matter, there's nobody in my basement. I don't have a basement. Uh Dan, Dan, uh, it's great to it's great to to, to talk to you, Dan. How are, how are things? I mean, they could be better, but thank you for asking. Oh, no, no, everything's yeah, great. Right. Happy to be here. Let's uh, let's time travel in a different way. Ooh, yes, that's true. This is a, a interesting, different system. It's very fun. Uh, and speaking of very fun, we are also joined by Cho. <laughs> uh, great to have you with us. I love how you said I was very fun, and then it's just me making a snorting noise with my mouth because I'm like, how how dare he? How dare he compliment me in such a way? Uh, hi Never everyone. Again. I was just gonna tell you, Michael, that you kept saying buzzard, and all I could picture was a pirate dodo in my head, <laughs> and this pirate dodo like pointing at people around. So that's that might not be what you were going for, but it's, Scribbles. it's now. It's yeah, I'm just scribbling Skexis from Dark Crystal in my notes real quick. There uh, you go. Here. Oh, there I have is. a treasure. Ah. Scribbling oh, Skexis is a great exclamation. That's, yeah, it's my prog rock band is scribbling Skexis. <laughs> um, and now that I've introduced all of these wonderful real people, uh, we should start digging into these uh, uh, delightful imaginary characters who will be our travelers. So yes, the beginning of our adventure, of course, begins with our time travelers home. Um, I'd like to actually discuss with the group, where do we think we're based? I think my pitch would be maybe like a small town kind of uh, uh, suburban garage inventory kind of vibe. Uh, it's almost primer-ish now that I think of it. But uh, what's, or, what's or, back to, or back to the future-ish, like a little bit. Yeah, yes, also, no, yeah, that's fair, yes. My pitch for this is to kind of 
taking from what both Michael and Riley both said, I I was picturing kind of like maybe an uh, an English coastal town, something a place kind of like Liverpool that maybe had like a big uh, or Sheffield even that had had a lot of you know that the, there were great producers of steel and maybe it's kind of. Uh, production of steel had maybe moved away to other places like Liverpool, like Sheffield. And so now it's kind of this formerly industrial town, which means there's a lot of like disused machinery that's in states of disrepair that has maybe been put uh, kind of repurposed for by by, by our characters to or just a completely completely different pitch. We are in the town where Best Buy sends all of their Geek Squad stuff to be repaired, and there's just a lot of computers in town. <laughs> yeah. it's, and the town is just called Geek Squad, Massachusetts. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, you're in you're in the the Geek Squad Shenzhen zone in Ohio, and uh, exactly. yeah, all you do is yeah, Repairtopia. I love the idea that Ohio is just the name of a town. Like, like we're in the town of Ohio, Ohio, Wisconsin. Oh, uh, Ohio, just north of I London. I mean, uh, Ohio, Wisconsin's pretty fun. It's um, it's great that way because there's there's all sorts of stuff like that, like Paris, Texas, yeah, yeah. shenanigans. Yeah, Ben, hearing your pitch about the the post-industrial town, I was thinking of um, uh, back home in Pennsylvania, like the post-industrial, post-steel thing, which might also be handy to everybody who doesn't want to do a British accent this week. Well, uh, we're so, living here so in Allentown. <laughs> hey, I was born there. No joke. Um, oh wow, it's true. It's true. Um, and what what is the make and model of your first car and your social security number? <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Um, so that was uh, no. Uh, and what was your mother's maiden name? My father's middle name is. Um, uh, it's just um. Actually, uh, it was it was pretty confusing. Just for fun, times. scan your thumbprint and mail it to me. <laughs> just, okay. Actually, uh, cut out the middleman. Mail me your thumb. I'm just going to take a very close photograph of my eyeball. Let me get that right to you, Dan. Uh, anywho. Get out the middle. Um, Send me your eyeball. I'm just going to, I'm just taking a swab. I'm mailing it to Dan. Um, Show, do you want to get one in too, or should we move on? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pennsylvania's great. Um, just want to throw that out there. I, I was just going to suggest Forks, Washington. Just kidding. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we could be the city of Ohio, Pennsylvania. Oh, I, I love that. I know nothing about Pennsylvania, but let's do it. I know it's where the There's literally comes like from. an Egypt, Pennsylvania. These things happen. Well, Pennsylvania is yeah. a weird state because depending on what, where you are in the state, you're either in the East Coast or you're in the Midwest. Like, it's a really strange, like... Coming from there, Riley, you could end a sentence with Pennsylvania is a pretty weird state. Oh, no, state. I'm from Ohio, um... so I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, Michael, <laughs> we are very similar, but... Like, but like, yeah, Eastern Pennsylvania is very East Coast and then Western mm-hmm. Pennsylvania is like the Midwest. Like it's very, it's a very, it's a very weird. And then like Southern Pennsylvania is the South, basically. It's a very Oh bizarre. no, let's not yeah. go to Southern Pennsylvania. It's this weird little small scale model. It's, yeah. it's a very odd state. Well, um, most of America really, if you're outside of a major metropolitan city is a red state. Like there's no, there's no state in America true. where outside of cities, it's not red, 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 red. If you've ever driven from Los Angeles to San Francisco, it is like it is like yeah. driving in between. It's like driving out into Mad Max territory. Like it's right, Not right, right down desert. to the lack oh, yeah. of water. Uh, so yeah, yeah. yeah well, every restaurant is accidentally Mad Max themed. Yeah, I like Ohio, Pennsylvania, but how's everybody else? Feeling? I I'm <laughs> for it, frankly. <laughs> I have no objections. Perfect. Our heroes reside in the town of Ohio, Pennsylvania. I I have it. Okay. Uh, if we're not going to do the steel steel thing, what if Ohio, really? Pennsylvania was the pencil sharpener capital, capital of the U.S. and uh, <laughs> it's no longer the pencil sharpener capital of the U.S.? Okay, fade in, kind of cool intro music. Our time machine's made of graphite. The onset, the onset of stylists and like tablets <laughs> have really, really harmed the and also mechanical pencils. Like mechanical pencils mm-hmm. have really screwed with the yeah. ability for big pencil sharpeners to make. A major yeah. profit. There are no <laughs> Apple stores in 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 town. Yeah. Anyone caught using any kind of tablet is kind of chased out of town. Oh, I kind of love that. That it's tech dry. The, the office. The office was very popular in this town because the office showed the decline of the paper industry, and we're like, that's like us, but we're the pencils. <laughs> Just, we're, it's a mirror to what's happening here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Why are you I, laughing? Yeah, at this? Sad newscaster voice. You know. Once the steel dried up, the, 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 the town of Ohio, Pennsylvania, thought they could rely on their graphite industry. But now even that's in peril. You when know, the, when the first good. season of The Office aired, 
then that summer when the 40-year-old virgin came out, it really threw them off because they thought those first six episodes were an actual documentary. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it was hitting, it was hitting so close to home. Yeah. And they're like, wait, that, that guy from that documentary went on to become an actor and he's in this movie about being a virgin at 40 years old? I don't know what's happening. You know what? Yeah, it, no one in Ohio, Pennsylvania has seen The yeah, Daily Show. That's it, probably it. It's the town from Waiting for Guffman. That's just it. <laughs> Penny for aren't thoughts. we all waiting for Guffman? Well, you're Sorry. all bastard people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Riley Silverman as the Joker? No, sorry. Um, that wasn't fair. I apologize. Um, How dare you? Anywho, yes, we should be... I'm clearly Cruella DeVille. Let's, uh, uh, let's, get, let's get started with some character action here. Yeah. Um, I'd like to start uh, with our intrepid inventor, if I... If I uh, uh, remember correctly, yes. and that is Ben. That would uh, be tell me. us about yourself. My inventor is a, uh, just for the sake of ease and convenience, a 55-year-old British expat drawn uh. to Ohio, Pennsylvania, with uh, innovative and unique pencil sharpener designs uh, that were ki- that were rejected by every major pencil sharpener manufacturer in the in the town for being um, too radical. They called me mad. <laughs> Those fools at the institute. Uh, his name is Yule Wilhelm, uh, and he is f- uh. he's a 55-year-old inventor who, I'm just going to say, looks enough like Bill Nye that it may as well just be Bill Nye. Uh. Like Bill Nye circa Hitchhiker's Guide, circa Shaun of the Dead. Yes, okay. and for our American listeners, because this has happened to me myriad times... <laughs> Ben is referring to Bill Nye, the British actor, yes. and not Bill Nye, the science guy. I Bill, just want to clarify, yes, but maybe Bill kind of Nye. a meeting of the Nyes here. Yeah, because... playing as Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, we're talking about Davy Jones, yes. not science bachelor. That yeah. we're talking Perfect. about. We're talking about rock and roll ones. Christmas star from <laughs> the hit song "Christmas Is All Around You." <laughs> yes. Oh my god. That's right. Oh, that's, that's him. Yeah. Yeah. You're I, that's kind of what, that's kind of what relaunched too. his career. I, think, I feel like that's yeah. what mm-hmm. blew him oh, back really? up again. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. A fun uh, Doctor Who f- a fact for the folks at home who might not know, when Bill Nye played Slarty Bartfast, hilariously named character in the Hitchhiker's Guide uh, uh, movie, he was technically playing the Doctor, which is kind of wild. Because that character goes on to be like the Doctor Who of Hitchhiker's Guide novel adaptation of Doctor Who and the Cricket Men, which is the third book. Sure. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Ben. So, um, you have a, a an intrepid inventor. Get, oh, let's talk about the inventor um, playbook. Yeah. Uh, so I I had a good look at the inventor playbook before we uh, started recording because I, I I do occasionally do my homework. Um, so the inventor has a unique feat called twenty four hour scientific services, which is basically uh, I guess there's a role in this called a time travel role. And when I wager mm-hmm. on that roll, I can add or subtract exactly three points to my forthcoming possibility dice roll. I guess that's, that's very a good. good thing. That is. The, um, the better your possibilities, the, the less chance you have of yes. incurring paradoxes, which, as fellow time travel fans, you might incur, uh, you, you might all understand, not good. Don't want to do yeah. that. Paradoxes. Uh, I also wanted to, uh, because he's he's uh, a little. I would. Uh, he's a little older, um, and I wanted some uh, Hartnell parallels, which is one of the reasons why I made Yule Wilhelm fifty-five years old. The feat that I chose, I chose the fatigue feat, which uh, is your traveler can use once per journey traits a second time, but at a cost. Uh, it temporarily costs five health points, and as someone with fibromyalgia who has a chronic illness. That's so real. Mm, so I, yeah. I, I slapped that one. I put, put some spaghetti in that bad boy. Nope. <laughs> Slaps oh, and I, feet. You can fit so much character in this bad boy. And I have a thinking helmet. Yes, the, the unique class item of the inventor is the yes. thinking helmet, uh, which we can interpret uh, 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 later in the, in the game. You know, oh, yeah, I already have a one. very good idea in my head of what it looks like. You beauty, I thought you might. Yes. All right. Dan, um, it does not look like Doc Brown's mind-reading helmet. I mean, that was my assumption, but, you know, I'm not going to build your character yeah. for you. Well, it's nice that you, you pivoted to Dan there, because I did want to jump uh, straight over to Dan. Um, could you introduce uh, your character to the group? I think you, you already make a great uh, match for our inventor, which is very cool. Yes, uh, I will be playing as the survivalist class. Uh, the survivalist is... Uh, 
you know, usually the, the, the damage dealer sort of, you know, uh, Rambo, uh, except that I am playing as um, a 63-year-old government employee who is <laughs> a, uh, uh, a scout leader. Uh, and so all of his survival training is from a handbook. Um, his name is uh, Barry Gengert, but everyone always gets his name wrong and calls him Barry Gogurt. <laughs> Sorry. That was Amazing. an unhuman-like snicker. I apologize. I that. loved it. You have nothing Beautiful. to apologize for. I'm going to preserve it in amber. Um, <laughs> so as a survivalist, you get the trait of more efficient, uh, which is great. You get to go first in the initiative order uh, for, for combat stuff. Which yeah, is which if I were a normal survivalist would be fantastic. But uh, we're going to see what happens when... Uh, Barry Gogurt has to go first every time. What's your second feat, by the way? My second feat is absent-minded. Um, so it actually kind of goes in tandem with my class item, which is a backpack, which lets me uh, three times attempt a roll to find an item, uh, very similar to what the pockets. I can't think of what it's called. Uh, resourceful pockets. Resourceful pockets, yeah. Nice. Very similar to that. So um, my character does have a lot of items, you know, like Swiss Army knife type things. But the absent-minded one lets me attempt uh, to do further rolls on this, if I roll, well, when I roll a d20, if I roll a two or under, I have lost the item and it's somewhere else, whether in space or time. And if it's uh, over an 18, I have found an additional item. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> basically packing heavy for quote unquote any situation that he has never actually been in. And maybe grab the wrong bag. Absolutely. That rolls. That is terrific. Okay, already we've got like a, a, a interesting group of olds to deal with. So I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, well, he's two years away from there. retirement. So, oh, they always are. You know, they always are. Oh, yeah, it's better. Yeah, it's better than two days. If it was two days, yes. and Dan's playing our red shirt for sure. I, yeah. I look forward to Dan's character dying in one year, eleven months, and twenty. <laughs> I'm drawing a target on you, Gogurt. Uh, so the lives of of the professor and uh, Barry were complicated when another character showed them something very interesting, a, a family heirloom, they claimed. And this is Riley's character. And Riley, you're playing a very interesting uh, playbook, uh, a stretch goal playbook, in fact, uh, which I'm very excited to uh, uh, hear, what you, hear what you've got, please. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. So I am playing a character named Eponine Boulet, and uh, Eponine is... Well, there's some stuff that we'll get into when we get into the game, but uh, I'm using the playbook that is called The Lost. And what The Lost is, it's a character who, this just jumped out at me when I was reading the, the playbook, so I thought it was really interesting. And so I asked Michael if he thought it would work with the story that we were running today, and he had an idea for it, and we kind of, we kind of collaborated on how it could work. So um, a lot of what we're doing is kind of going to be improvised, but there's a very basic idea. But uh, the Lost uh, is a character who essentially is is out of place from their own time. And the way that I am doing this in, in this game is that um, Eponine is from a future that no longer exists. And so the idea is that uh, Eponine and maybe a party that she was part of before, a team that she was part of, traveled through time from a dystopian future in order to change the timeline. Uh, very much like in a Terminator style or even like a... Um, not quite in-game, because in-game's whole thing is you can't change the timeline. Instead, you create lots of plot holes. Uh, but, um, you create lots of spin-off series. Yes, exactly. And the idea that I have is that they were successful, but as a result of the change that she made to the timeline, she can no longer return home, because the time, the time that she is from is no longer linearly available from where she is. And so, it was. They, I think they knew that was a one-way trip, because... Like, if she went back to the same year that she was from, it would be... It's very much like Back to the Future, where if you move forward from the new 1980, 1985, you're going to go to the future that comes from that world, as opposed to the future from the world you originally left. So that's the idea, is that she has no home. Boo -doo -doo. We've all drawn a lowercase e on a, on a chalkboard. The right timeline you are attempting to return to is no longer available. Please select yeah. a new timeline. Yeah. So... Yeah, I was thinking of... Um... I feel like I'm the only person in the group who's watched the TV show version of 12 Monkeys, but... Uh, you are not the, the only person, is, how dare you? 
Oh, fantastic! Great. So I it's need like to watch the tether it. snapped. Everybody yeah, like the, uh, yeah. like Eponine's tether back to the future snapped. So That's a great thing for me return. to understand for the person playing the character yeah. who does not watch the show. But <laughs> well, then I think the euphemism <laughs> is useful. Uh, um, but yeah, so uh, I Michael Michael and I didn't really talk about how Eponine travels through time because uh, it's obviously it's separate from how the party travels through time because she's kind of like a. I, I like the idea that she's displaced. And she gets moved through time in some way. So I, the two options that I had for it that I'll, I'll run by you, Michael, and see what you like better is that she has something akin to a vortex manipulator, but it's like the timer in sliders where she can't really control where she goes or when it goes. And then the other idea I had was that it was more like Quantum Leap where it's actually part of her physicality now. Like, there's not a device that does it, but like she will just get pushed through time at random points in her life. But so either either one works for me, but it's up to you. I think how you would like it for your story that you're running. As as the folks at home won't have noticed because they don't have the visuals, I'm stroking my chin with incredible excitement uh, because and I actually speed that thing's gonna catch fire. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very warm. Ha ha. Um, but I actually got in touch with uh, Sophie Isles, James as well, the the, the co-creators of the the game, and I I asked them uh, if I were to, for example introduce the idea of like a remote control looking shape uh, for the time machine, would I be allowed to, would it be a good idea to just use the wrist mounted device st uh, stats, i.e. the vortex manipulator? And they were like, yeah, that's great. That works perfectly for us. So yeah, you've played exactly into my hand. We're doing sliders <coughs> references. Yes. It's a remote control. Okay. So if we're doing sliders, that means this entire game's going to happen in a in a basement somewhere with no budget for any sort of special effects for what's happening in the world we go to. <laughs> They do spend a shocking amount of time on Backlot, too. Yes. Hey, you're not... You're not um... It also means that halfway through the adventure, we're going to switch to a different podcasting network, and then the last episode is going to end with a cliffhanger that we will never resolve. And we're also going <laughs> to change our entire cast up multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, sidebar, another Doctor Who fact that I can slip in. I just learned this recently. The reason the McGann Doctor Who pilot didn't go to series is because is, is because fox put the budget into sliders instead wow that it was a one-to-one -one choice wow they must not have it that budget must have been slim for either option then because sliders <laughs> and they own sliders the, the, that, that really I the think entire was the, budget uh, was from a uh, birthday check from someone's grandma so it was just you know <laughs> yeah. it was about 26 dollars oh yeah it's it's amazing how every every possible world in sliders is like hey what if what if this thing was different? Well, if that's what's different, then there's a totalitarian world that you're going to. That, <laughs> that is that is how every world. Hey, what if what if there was a world where no one discovered penicillin? Well, it's a totalitarian government that well, takes care. Okay, what if what if America had never bands. won the Revolutionary War? Well, it's a totalitarian British system. Really, because England <laughs> is a parliamentary system. It's a, nope, totalitarian. Uh, Armbands. It's every single time. What if Rembrandt Brand was the mo was the thing? Well, he's being murdered by it's like, and oh, it's here. It's either it's what if the world that a means Quinn is a dictator. <laughs> every 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 world is either a world where it's a totalitarian government or it's a world where one of these four characters is world famous and yep. the most important person in the world, or yes. both, or it's both of those things. All right, sorry. And arguably, the one time it was Arturo, the bad one went with them, but we never get confirmation. Yeah. Anywho, let's well, get the show retcon. That show should have been called retcons instead <laughs> of the sliders. Um. So yeah, I don't know what else to say about her right now. But yeah, that's the idea that I have is Eponine is this time displaced person. So uh, yeah, so I guess she does have, I think, I think that equipment, Michael, is more like a, like a, it's not like a plot device. Like I think I, since I have no control over it, it's kind of whenever you mm -hmm. want to use it. Um, so I gave her other equipment that's, so the, the good, things good, you get, good. I will say the Lost is one of those kind of playbooks where you're almost hampering. It's, it's one of those fun classes where it's almost a disadvantage to play with it because the features of it are both like negative features, um, but I think in an interesting way. So I, I think it's gonna be fun for role play. So the the feat that comes with it is I haven't seen home in a long time, um, which means that I don't get the benefit from visit. Like like if in the game, if the party visits home, I guess there's like mechanical benefits to that, but I don't get those benefits when playing. However, uh, I do have a um, a once per journey thing where I can give myself plus three to my lowest traits. And so for my once per journey, that's what I get. And then my, my 
equipment that I get as of a lost is I have a unique valued possession which wouldn't normally be available to a traveler, uh, whether it's an ancient sword, a book from a lost timeline filled with forbidden lore, or an unusual personal possession. It clearly means the world to your traveler. If lost or destroyed, your traveler loses one perception trait and one vigor trait. Um, selection of the relic at the timekeeper's discretion. So, Michael, I will let you decide what, what, what my relic is that I have. Uh, I believe it is going to be the necklace. Well, the, uh, the problem I have with that is if I give my necklace to the party members, then I am now losing one perception trait and one vigor trait. <laughs> oh, I think you still keep it. But okay. The, uh, the necklace contains uh, in it the key to solving the puzzle of the buzzard's treasure. Okay. If that works for you. If not, um, I'm happy to make it uh, uh, something more personal to you. That's great I for think, me. I think... I think... I think I think I have the necklace, but that's more of a plot beat thing, I think, than mm -hmm. like my relic. So I think my relic is probably something from my time frame. So I think it's probably like I think it's probably like a photo of a family member of mine that no longer exists. So like there's there's no way I can get another photo of them. And it's not like Back to the Future where the photo erases itself because it's like it's a, it's a physical object that came with me through time. So it's I have good, it and yeah. I think I think that's what it is. It's a it's a locket in a in a metaphysical sense that it also locks that picture in time so you don't lose it. Yeah, that works. Oh, that's lovely. I like that. And then my my other equipment, I I'll I'll have that when we get to the actual game. Yeah. What was your second feat, by the way? Sorry. Oh, uh, the feat that I chose that I think makes the most sense was disguise. So my travelers adapt, pretending they belong and will not be challenged as being out of place unless they give the entities a reason to do so. Because I figured that if she is someone who is constantly moving through different time periods, she has probably learned some tricks for learning how to blend in in the time periods that she goes to, because otherwise I think she would not have a very long, very long, uh, lived life. So, um, yeah. Fair. So, um, yeah, I looked at other stuff and that was just like, I don't know what else I could get. Yeah. What's a, so what sort of age are you thinking by the way? That's, that's complicated because of the way that we've decided to play this character out. So, uh, I, I think, um, I think during the adventure, she will be 43 years old. That's a rough one. Oh, yeah. Great. And then uh, the, our, our final player is, is Cho. Um, what uh, playbook have you decided on? I think I'm going to go with the psychic. I was reading it, and Ooh. it seemed pretty complimentary to our group so far. Um, so just to give the listeners a little bit of background on the psychic the psychic is for those who want to perceive the hidden layers of the world not only are you a time traveler your mind is tuned to wavelengths most humans can't conceive whether you want to listen in others thoughts feel the hidden past of the world around you or control fire itself you're ready to explore the depths of the mind itself Ooh. dun 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 Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes your your unique feat is wild talents uh, yes. So very exciting um, uh, uh, special abilities, including a whole extra list of feats. Uh, I so know. I'd know uh, what feats you're thinking of going with. Yeah. So I I think it's just one, correct? If I I read that correctly, yeah. yeah it you says get, choose one. Yeah. You get your your feat from the psychic playbook, which is wild talents, and then you get to pick one from either because you're the psychic. You get to pick one feat from either the general or psychic feats list. Which I love. Because you better because awesome. you picked the psychic class. So if you're like, oh, I hate these. <laughs> oh, this is such a waste of my things. time. Yeah. Oh, I hate these. No, that would be horrible. I wouldn't do that to y'all. Well, one of the psychic tricks that I was looking at that I really liked was uh, psychometry. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Ooh I a, love psychometry. Yeah. I know. Isn't oh, it great? Yeah. With a touch yeah. and a successful perception check, your traveler can learn a lot. The general feel of a person, the state of a room, mm -hmm. the recent past. With a successful perception check, your traveler can see the past. This view is the past. Last 1d6 minutes. Uh, look back further than a few months requires a critical success. I dig it. That's so it's cool. very Cal Kestis from... Uh, I was... Yep. Yeah. And then also the Jedi other Fallen one, Order. the guy who's earlier than him. I can't... I'm blanking on his name off the top of my head, but I'll think of it. It's another Jedi. Yeah. has the same ability. Nice. I was just, I was going to say, like, I can't, there aren't a lot of great characters where you where they do psychometry stuff. And I was like, oh, wait, no, I played as one in Jedi Fallen Order. It was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Quinlan, um, Quinlan Boss is the other Jedi. That Quinlan Boss. Boss, yes. that's yeah. right. I was like, I'm like the dude that, that is, that Asajj Ventress can do better than. Uh, that's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, he's, he's a much older 
character in Star Wars extended lore, but when he was right. made canon in the new canon, it was with it was with uh, Clone Wars and Asajj, and I'm just like I'd rather. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Girlfriend, swipe left. Um, swipe left. <laughs> uh, wait, that's a different. Um. Anyway, uh, uh, so Chad, did you have a uh, uh, name in mind? Uh, yes. Defining traits, etc. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I'm gonna give y'all my best. Uh, deep southern accent because uh, yes. our lovely little our lovely little psychic her name is Dolly Maxis that was named after Dolly Parton because her hair is as high as Jesus lets it and because <laughs> she's to the max I'm already so excited about this character <laughs> so um, I definitely took a little bit of inspiration from Catherine O'Hara's uh, uh, character in Best in Show yes uh, which I just <laughs> So I have a feeling like she's she's got some sort of small animal with her at all times. I want to say a cat because we love cats here. Yeah. Um, and his cat. name is Winston. And Winston and Dolly just, you know, they can't go anywhere without one another. But, oh, hold on. She's getting a feeling. She's get Her hair needs to be higher. That's what that's what the spirits are saying. <laughs> Gotta reach heaven. Yeah, there is. I will say in the rule book it says you're not supposed to travel with animals or children. But I, if you were willing to make one of your your um, items or equipment or however that works, the the uh, Winston in the purse, I'm going to make I'm, an exception because that. I'm, I'm starting to think now like it should be a budgie, <laughs> <laughs> like on her shoulder. Oh my god! And it just always. I love it. Sits there and it kind of hides in her hair. It's like her hair is so high, it's a nest, and occasionally Winston will pop out like a cuckoo clock. <laughs> She's like, hold on, I need to get Winston out here to make sure that these powers are working right. Winston! Okay, now that his head's out, I can focus better. Hold on. I just need to I feel the room. I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm going to confess to the group, I had to look up what a budgie was just now. I was expecting some form of chipmunk. And when I saw it was a cute little bird, uh, my only option is to say very, very yes. <laughs> yes, that's Thank happening. You. I appreciate it. What's funny is when you said budgie, I'm glad that you confessed it, Michael, because I also didn't know what a budgie was. I thought it was a type of cat carrier that you would wear on your shoulder, the way she, just, the way she described it. <laughs> like a budgie that sits on her shoulder. I'm like, oh, is it like a weird cat holster that you walk around? Because I need to get one of those. That's a thing now. But um, Here's a fun fact. In Australia, uh, a Speedo is referred to as a budgie smuggler. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So, oddly, more uh, strangely seems more elegant than banana hammock. So you got to give them some credit. <laughs> well, speaking of budgie smuggling, let's budgie some time for the show. So, are we are we doing? Uh, are we describing a time machine before we wrap up for this building session, or are we? Uh... Yes, I think uh, we've got all the elements at play here for a perfect uh, opening to our story. Um, we've we begin. Uh, in a in a uh, dark uh, living room in Ohio, Pennsylvania, crowded around the the table at the den are Professor Yule Wilhelm, a wily inventor of fifty five, Barry Gogurt, uh, as many call him, a sixty three year old former op and scout leader, and Dolly Maxis, and of course, her, her faithful animal companion Winston. A psychic of great wild talent, uh, all working together to try and commune with the future. But what comes calling is, is not from the spirit realm or from a strange interdimensional world. Instead, with a flash, arrives the visage of Eponine Boulet, older, wiser than we may see her later, wink, 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 uh, with, a, with a message and, uh, and an item for our team. She brings with her a necklace and the secrets of the buzzard's treasure. Oh, okay. I don't even know how we would begin to play this, so please go go wild, everybody. Let's get some, some voice action. What do we think? What are some snacks on the table? Uh, uh, oh, Dolly, no. what'd you bring? I, I, didn't, I didn't call for you. Crap. I was trying to connect with our old neighbor, Mrs. Klaus. Crap, who are you? Oh, that's right. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be yet, would it? Um, I actually. You didn't. Some. I just came in the front door. I was unlocked. 
<gasps> I knocked. Who left the front door unlocked? I, I, I'm going I to say it was probably Froobs. And I'm also going to say that I call Barry Gogut Froobs because in the UK we call Gogut Froobs. So that is yes, my nickname for that. Barry Gogut. I'm getting your name wrong. <laughs> my twice. nickname for getting your name wrong. I love it. Our version of Chesterton, uh, Chesterfield, exquisite. I and I think you, you pointed at, at, at Barry and he has uh, half of a deviled egg already in his mouth and then drops it on his shirt and leaves a stain. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. I, Barry, I, I thought I locked it. We can't take you anywhere. Ugh, you messed up my deviled eggs. She's a crow. I mean, they're very delicious, though. I, I'm going I'm 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 to grab another one. For that. I have to ask strange spirit, I suppose. What? What are you doing here? Well, again, I'm I'm not a spirit. I, I, I like I said, I came in the front door. That's why you yelled at your friend, your fruit friend here. Um, hello, Barry. Um, it's actually good to see you again. It's been a long time. Um, you've never seen her before in your life, just you know. Um, I guess I didn't know Barry had a lady friend. Oh, Barry, oh, let's, well, you soft nope. on the eyes over there, hiding all this. Oh, nope. delicious tea from us. Nope, I, I just Barry. just don't, don't assume. That that nope. I know I know Barry. Uh, I know you, Dolly, and I know you, Professor, whose name character name Riley already forgot. Wilhelm. Wilhelm. I know I know you as well, Professor Wilhelm. And wow, this is very weird. I did I didn't I didn't anticipate how weird this is going to be. Um, it's I will assure you, it's quite weird for us also. Well, I forgot my manners. You want a snack? You want one of these deviled eggs? Not one one Barry dropped, obviously. Um. You Sit know down. what? Uh, yeah, Sit I... next to me. Come oh, here. Come oh, here. Oh, Come oh, here. Oh, here. Oh. <laughs> I'm. I forgot. Oh, I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten. Um, and I sit back down. And I go, oh, Winston. Hello. And I like, I like hold my finger out to see if it'll hop on my finger. <laughs> and I, I, w- I would expect Winston, like the little budgie, to like hop out of Dolly's front hair and like hang out on her finger. Oh, it looks like you made a friend, Winston. You know, he's so clever like that. He's psychic, too. Dolly, I keep telling you, you cannot bring that bird into my laboratory. Well, Wherever I go, he goes. I will say that you might want to keep that bird close, because he is definitely resourceful. And then I let him hop back over to Dolly's shoulder. And I definitely take a deviled egg, because why would I ever turn down a deviled egg when it's being offered to me? Um... Right. A woman with taste. Yes. Right. Well, it's weird that I'm here, and it's weird. I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. So I yes. am just going to... I think it's probably weirder if I try to explain this, so I'm just going to give you this. And I, I, I have a necklace. I have, to, I have a pair of necklaces on my neck. One is a locket, and the other one is... Is this necklace also a locket, Michael, or is it... Um, so the necklace, I think, is sort of a, yes, another sort of, uh, I think, a larger locket, uh, maybe even close to palm-sized. Uh, and, and when it opens inside is a, a, a map to the, uh, the island, uh, the Bourbon Island, with some, uh, some sort of paths drawn on it, almost like the, the paths of two ships. Okay. I think when I hand it to Professor Wilhelm, I don't, I don't open it up so that he can see that yet. I think that's something I'll let him discover on his own. Um, but I, my other, my necklace is a little locket that actually looks like a, like a pocket watch. Um, and like when it pops open, it does have a photo in it. Um, I, I probably don't show you that. You just, you just see what looks like almost like the, if you've, if you've seen the necklaces they sell for Doctor Who that are like the master or, or Dr. Fob watch. And it's like a necklace mm-hmm. you can wear. It looks like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like not like super, it's not as big as the Fob watch on the show, but like it hangs from it. And she has that around her neck as well. So she gives you the necklace that. Michael described. It's like almost like this big pendant. Um, and she goes, I, I'm going to go, but thank you for the egg and the bird visit. And yeah. Th- thank you for a pendant. And then he puts the pendant in his junk drawer and gets back to trying to uh, invent a self-juicing orange. No, he, uh, right. he immediately opens the, the pendant and finds inside. What in the the written adventure would be a complex cryptogram that I am not going to try to turn into an audio podcast puzzle. Instead, what you find inside is a map featuring uh, the the location of uh, the Bourbon Island, uh, even a a lake listed on 
the Bourbon Island that, that you will later come in your research to find does not appear on any map of these islands. Well, the, the, the back of the map reveals to you uh, that the, the secret is, of course, in time. And uh, there is the rudimentary sketch, the start, the spark of the idea for the inventor of the time machine. Uh, which we shall now construct! Wait, wait, before that happens, uh, I think that nice. as, as the professor is looking at this inside of the, the pendant or whatever, and as uh, Eponine gets up to leave, she like seems a little bit wistful, like she misses you in some way. Uh, and then as she walks up the door, she stops and she like catches herself and she goes, Oh, don't forget to look inside her sleeve. And then she leaves. All right, bye, doll. We'll see you later. You come back, you know, you hear. I, oh, she's I, lovely. I have to say, Dolly, Froobs, you've taken this unusual visit in tremendous stride. Well, you know, my mama raised me right. We always have the Southern hospitality. Uh, now. <laughs> okay. Th that being said, I haven't been offered a drink yet, but th that's okay. That's okay. Barry, you live here. You can go get your own drink, you, Barry. You, know, you left the you door unlocked. perfectly well, Barry. I keep Mountain Dews in the fridge under the sink. Oh yeah, but I, I you know, I've got, I've got diabetes. I, I can't have, I can't have <laughs> sugary drinks. I, it, I, it's I, all right, sweetheart. There's water in the fridge. Okay. For you, all, all right. Thank you. you thank you. And, right. and, and, and the doctor and I. Will Barry, Barry goes. Barry goes to the kitchen, and you hear a glass break. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Barry! Barry! That better I'm sorry. not be my mom's I'm China! I'm break one of my <laughs> original Star Wars Burger King collectible glasses, did you? Oh. Doctor, those aren't even in the kitchen. You know that. Yes, I was using, As the... I was using one for an orange beverage some days ago, and I may have left it on the counter. You know fridge, you can't uh, leave things uh, out with Barry. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, yeah. so the fridge opens, and as it closes, uh, we have jumped uh, some time later as Professor Wilhelm Barry and, uh, uh, oh dear, what was your name? I'm so sorry. Dolly, Dolly. are gathered around uh, the beginnings, uh, well, really the nearly finished uh, product of the time machine. And uh, I think what is very useful uh, in constructing the time machine is that you have 100 points. And I think we've all kind of settled on remote control with the yes. wrist-mounted device stats, which is 90 points. So <laughs> picking the second thing is going to be a lot easier for us. Yay! <laughs> Uh, that is, the pages are not numbered, what, it's uh, in building it your 17. time machine What's hilarious is there are only three things that are ten points. There's yep. exactly. phone charger, <laughs> There and then there's the super appropriate for our show, positive neutron flow and negative neutron flow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, um, I'm going with the positive. Uh, what are the, when it comes to travel points, what are the... How does that impact using the time machine? Let me. I think when you roll, when you take off, you're trying to hit like the middle numbers, and this, mm -hmm. the positive would basically automatically give you an additional plus five. So if you were to low bet roll roll okay. poorly, it would put you better, and negative would be the other way. Okay. Yeah, I'm good for positive. I like I like that kind of can do attitude. <laughs> yeah, let's give it. Let's give it. Let's give it the positive neutron flow. Uh, so, uh, this, with sweat pouring from every orifice on Professor Wilhelm's face, uh, he, he, he wipes it away with a nearby rag and says, There, it's taken nearly 27 minutes, but I finally finished building a time machine. As soon as we finish applying the decals I got from the November 1994 issue of Nintendo Power Magazine, we'll be ready to go. But, Doctor, it's smaller than my wristwatch. It, uh, uh, professor, please. It's Professor. It's an appropriate... See, that's a hard word for me to say. It's got three syllables in it. Surely there's enough room in your hair to contain at least one of them. <laughs> it's fine. The, it's, it, the, the time device creates a positive neutrino field around whoever happens to be operating and at the time, and as long as... You are near that individual. You too shall be transported forwards, backwards, or forwards in time. So like the movies. Like every movie. 
Like that Michael J. Fox. He's so handsome. Yes. Oh, just Teen Wolf. Yes. Doc Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> no, Barry. Teen Wolf Barry. Really? Teen the American. Wolfbury. No, Barry. We're Is it talking too late to about change my Barry? character's name to Teen Wolfbury? No. <laughs> yes. As the timekeeper, uh, yes. Right here in the rules, it says a teen. Wolfberry, uh, do not. Allow- yeah, sorry, I can't. I can't uh, that in. I'm sorry. Uh, so I'm. Lo- I guess uh, I'm looking at the uh, the the documentation. Uh, I- I've thrown already thrown away like the thank you for purchasing the uh, the the necklace <laughs> paperwork. I've thrown away the EULA, and I'm looking now predominantly at what I guess are temporal coordinates. Is that what they are for for where Bourbon Island is? Yes, indeed. You have settled on. Uh, uh, the time and place you believe will be the exact uh, moment. The needle to thread, as the, as the game uh, puts it. Uh, you're trying to land right on the island near uh, uh, this lake that is that is on the map and on no other map. Um, and you're trying to land uh, at exactly the right moment. Lovely. I say we go to Vegas the day after Elvis died. I want to see how wild it gets. No, Professor, <laughs> no? I thought we were supposed to go... To this very specific spot that Barry found. Barry, Barry. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You have all the things we need. Where, where are you when we need you, Barry? Oh, I, this I, is a very small house. I, I'm just trying to get my my backpack on. It's it's very heavy. I'm just I'm sorry. And I go to put my backpack on. And I start like tipping backwards like I'm gonna fall. And at the very last second, I catch myself. Ooh, uh, that, I don't know. I didn't want to get turtled again. Marvelous, Barry. Could you hand me the the paper from the the from the from the brace the 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 neck thing the jewelry thing so I can punch in the correct date and time. Okay, he I, means lock it. I am going to insist upon this being an absent-minded roll. Okay, excellent. Uh, because uh, yes, it, we've got our first ability check. Yeah. very exciting. So uh, yeah, I roll one d twenty, and uh, I need an eighteen or higher to succeed. Otherwise, I don't have it. <laughs> oh lord, absent-minded is brutal. I got a six. So Ooh, that's, that's a no. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't think it's you need not to tell you that doesn't work. Yeah. It's not lost. It's just, I don't have it. So, uh, I'm, oh. oh, geez. Okay. I, I saw it Barry? before I got a drink. Ba- Maybe it's in the other room. <sighs> Barry. I, do I need to go find it, Barry? Why do I give you these things? For, it's fine. I'll, it's, it's okay. Professor. I, I, I shall go it. and see if it's in the, and then I clump, clump. And I think uh, you all notice as as Barry turns around, uh, Professor, before you leave to check in the kitchen, as Barry is sort of patting himself down, uh, he turns around and the, the chain for the necklace is dangling out of his back pocket. So it's just it's just sitting like right. It's just like the two of you are just sitting oh, there like, how do we tell him it's sake. it's it's <laughs> next to his butt. It's next to his butt right now. I'm just going to grab it. I'm going to grab the pendant. Perfect. Yeah, I th- yeah. The professor, you you grab, you pull it like the you're starting a lawnmower, uh, and it just like just pulls right out of Barry's pocket. Unfortunately, um, uh, uh, could you do another absent-minded roll for me? Absolutely. Stan? I got an eighteen. Hey! Oh, that's great. <laughs> I couldn't tell okay, if it was so an eighteen I... or sixteen at first, hence the pause. That's perfect. Uh, uh so that me, uh, so. Uh, uh, Barry, you feel your wallet start to leave your pocket, but you, you reach back in time just to prevent the professor from also pulling your, he extends your wallet his arm into and with the past it. and prevents it from. Yeah, yeah, it could have been, it could have gone very bad. If you if you'd rolled badly, the the wallet would have gone full George Costanza and Seinfeld and just receipts everywhere, <laughs> wind machine act, just just very bad. The, the the document in this pendant says we're traveling back to the summer of George. Seventeen thirty. Yes, indeed. Summer of George. Everyone, hold on to your butts, for that is how this time machine works. Well, so far that might not be the worst advice. All right. So uh, we get to do uh, uh, something very uh, unique to this game, and and kind of purposely. Uh, complex which i like is is the actual time travel thing it's a three-step process so what's very exciting about the sheet as it stands right now is uh it states that threading the needle uh well traveling through time is a three-step process and proceeds to list four steps which i think is a deliciously paradoxical uh and a possibility filled 
a way of doing this. I don't mean to be in any way rude. Sophie and James have been extremely kind to us uh, in terms of getting updates and all sorts of things our way. Uh, so huge, huge, huge thanks to them. I'm very excited to jump into the part where we actually do the time thing. Yes, do it. As the game notes, it's extremely dangerous, incredibly hazardous. You could turn into a baby. Hopefully that doesn't happen, because yikes. Um, all right, so first we begin by making the appropriate dice roll for our time machine. In our case, this is a mad science roll, and uh, Ben, I believe Professor Wilhelm will be activating the machine, yes? All right. Yes. So um, before you roll, if you have any... Uh, um, technology oh wait hang on yes 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 if you have any technology skills or feats which will affect this uh um this role let me know uh let 24 hour scientific services perhaps uh which is when you wager on your time travel role you can add or subtract exactly three points to your forthcoming possibility dice roll i don't know if that's oh well we already we're already getting a plus five from the yeah. positive neutron flow yeah. Indeed. But you could subtract uh, uh, two or three to kind of balance out that positivity if you wanted to. Uh, you. I'll leave it as is. I'm good to leave it as, as is. Okay. So, yeah, roll uh, roll that d20, and hopefully you get higher than a 12. I rolled an 8. Oh, excellent. Which is I believe. 14 total. Yeah, perfect. Wait. Okay. No, it's 13 total. At 5. Uh -oh. Either way, it's, over. it's more than 12. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not bad. Okay. I did it. So, that's a success. All right, great. Um, yeah, for the, next, for the people listening, uh, basically 12 and over is a success on almost every roll. Yes, indeed. That is the, yes, that is the, the key. Uh, so our second step, I may have added the feet to the wrong thing, but I want you to succeed in the time travel roll, so I don't care. Uh, ben, next I need you to roll 3d6. These are your possibility dice and are your means for traveling through time, and I'm extremely glad Ben is the inventor because they have a great big pile of dice. I have so many dice. Uh, I didn't yes. know I was going to need d6s. Uh, I could do it, but I'm, I'm no, also I the timekeeper. I, I absolutely insist on doing it, and to that, to that end, <laughs> I have three d6s that are... Friends of the show, the double clicks. Uh, it's oh, a set of hey! Their dice from, nice. from a show that they did last year, I think. Oh, that's lovely. So let me. I'm using I'm using dice from friend of the show Lisa McGrath, who gave me because especially because it's Pride Month, I'm showing it to the cast <gasps> members. They're, they're these beautiful, lovely oh, rainbow dice so lovely. Yeah. that they bought me during the first season of Game of Rassilon, that I've been using ever since, and. I also use them a lot in my home games whenever I need extra dice to have for pools and stuff. Um, oh, yeah, they, and I they, love them because the, the 20 have little hearts on the 20s. Yeah, so. Lisa got <gasps> me the, uh, the Bi-Pride dice love. as well. Yeah. Oh, I really love! Nice. Alright, so I'm rolling 3d6s? Yes, indeedy. Okay, so I rolled uh, a 2, a cat, and a dinosaur, which are both 6s. Uh, and that's a 13. Uh oh, and that's a plus five to that as well because okay. of the thing you didn't wager anything. So, yikes, that's a catastrophic failure. Yeah. Well, exciting. this has been a fun show, guys. Um, hey, thanks for, that's thanks exciting for, for having me. Thanks, everyone, thanks for, for listening. Audience and, uh... No, 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 that's exciting for me because we get to uh, roll some paradox dice. So, this part is very exciting because uh, the paradox dice mean that I get to roll 1d10 and I do not have to tell you what has happened. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> Special DM powers. Just waiting for the cackle. <laughs> Which, oh, cool. I don't have to because Sophie already has in the adventure, because she's very good at this and has planned ahead exactly what happens to you beautiful fools for screwing up. <laughs> so, the time portal is open. Our intrepid adventurers are ready. And as far as, as they know, stable window, everything looking good. Uh, much like a, uh, a familiar television show to 90s kids who watched Fox Fridays, uh, a portal emerges from the end of the remote control. It's kind of circle-ish. Uh, it seems like a very uh, easily duplicatable After Effects effect. You can just drop onto any environment. Very, very handy, very useful. Um, and yeah, as it roars and whirls, uh, the three of you are faced with uh, an open uh, doorway to possibilities. Uh, and of course, in paradoxes. First. 
per my prior instructions. Well, uh, yes, then, as as the professor has preset uh, into the controls of the the transit system, the portal grasps all of our heroes by center mass. As they are all slightly older, that center mass has drifted a little bit lower towards <laughs> what might be considered their posterior, and they are dragged but first through a whirling vortex of paradoxes, possibilities, and pa. Uh, and anywho. podcast premises. And podcast premises. God, yes, thank and you. And then a jazz musician um, is driving by, and the portal, for no reason, moves up to the streets so that he will drive through it. As we get yoinked <laughs> into the portal, Barry goes, Oh no, I forgot to lock the front door! <laughs> With the jangling of keys, you are all hurtled backwards in time. Now, literally, unfortunately, literally as you're going butt first. this is what I'm, yeah, exactly. You're going, yeah, you're going butt first. You feel yourselves propelled backwards. You, you even see the world drift away uh, on a tenuous tether uh, as it, it leaves you, uh, leaves your place in history as you leave it uh, behind. Uh, but don't worry, it catches up uh, over and over, uh, whirling past you as you travel with the world through this strange, uh, beautiful solar odyssey, uh, seeing hundreds of years compressed and of course uh, you're facing the wrong way so it's probably kind of weird um are we seeing like silhouettes of imhotep's minions under blue light as well is that also <laughs> yeah definitely okay, cool. i think maybe you're just seeing that but uh you may need to talk to your doctor about your prescriptions um that may be just a separate thing for the professor to uh you know cons to talk to your doctor anywho um uh, unfortunately, uh, because the role was was so high, uh, the thing that that rudely pulls you out of this this odyssey through time uh, is that you fall butt first into the ocean, uh, and the three of you are now all stuck in the middle of the sea. You see, uh, uh, maybe a quarter of a mile away from you is the island you were aiming for, um, and the 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 water gets into all of your clothes that you can taste the salt of the sea you can feel the the rush of the wind um and as the three of your heads bob up out of the water even briefly um the thing that catches your senses more than than anything else is the scent of gunpowder um because what you hear behind you uh is the roar of cannons um so how how, how do the three of you react uh, I immediately, I, I, I was sure I did the calculations correctly. Let me check the remote. And I look at it, and there's like a, a jam fingerprint on there. And I go, gosh darn it, Froobs. I told you to wash your hands while we were building this. I, it couldn't have oh. been me. There's too much sugar in jam. Diabetes. All uh, right, everyone, hold on to my hair. It is a flotation device. <laughs> you can't swim. Hold on. Make sure you don't squish Winston. As you all uh, uh, gather around uh, Dolly and the protective power of her incredible hair, uh, Ben, could you do me a favor and do another mad science roll? I, I forgot to close down the machine. This is the, uh, the fourth step of three, which, again, I want to be honest, I love. May have rolled an eleven. Oh, but you do get the. Does that with the plus five? That's well. Uh, is the plus five? Oh, we don't actually do that. That's yeah. right. Never mind. I rolled an eleven total. That's that's eight on the dice plus three for mad science. Right, 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 right. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna say because uh, you rolled you rolled close enough to the target um, that there isn't the 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 remotes um, waterproofing has held. But you know that if you don't get to dry land very soon, that might no longer be the case. You don't know. Um, unfortunately, the seal's integrity was not rated for jam. So you're not sure uh, how much time you have uh, before um, strawberry-related degradation begins. Okay. I would like to make a backpack roll uh, to see yes. if I have uh, a sandwich bag. Whether there's still a sandwich in there is up to you. But uh, basically yeah. just a Ziploc to uh, temporarily waterproof our time machine. 
I do have actually. I love that. I have a question to ask. You're you're carrying a what you have already established as a very heavy backpack. Are you sinking right now? I think I know how to swim at least, but uh, it's definitely uh, troublesome. <laughs> you know, what? I have a, I, would... I would I would say that the scout leader's backpack is probably designed for buoyancy because it's probably being used yeah. on like, canoeing trips and stuff. Yeah, like that. I will say though, I would like you to make an uh, an absent-minded roll, Dan, just to make sure. Absent-minded as opposed to backpack check because I get three backpack rolls per journey. I'll give you the backpack. You're right. Okay. Uh, so this one is just a straight roll uh, with a 12 being or higher a success. That's a three. Oh. <laughs> so there goes oh. one of my backpack uh, rolls. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, uh, you... you you go to look into your bag, but you open the bag, so water starts to get in, um, and it's, it starts to get... Unfortunately, a good idea has been given to me by the group. Could you do an absent-minded roll for me now to see if the backpack is really weighing you down? Absolutely. Oh, well, well, I'm making that roll, by the way. I want to say that uh, Strawberry Related Degradation was one of my favorite albums by... Uh... Oh, I love the cure. Talks. You're right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, absent-minded is more for finding items. Would you like me to make maybe um, vigor or something like that that's more of a stat-based check? You're absolutely correct. No, it's, I mean, look, um, this is the first time we're all playing this game, so let's work yeah, together. Um, you know what? Could you do a dexterity? Cool. I have one point of dexterity. <laughs> now we're talking. <Yep>. I rolled an 11, which brings me exactly <laughs> to a 12. Wow. What a go-go yes. move. Yes. Um... Uh, 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 okay. Uh, I will say you're you're having trouble moving. Um, I I I don't think you can do any more backpack rolls until you get to land sure. and can assess the the uh, the strength of the old backpack. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm bobbing uh, like uh, a buoy right now. <laughs> yeah, I think buoy. you know what. Could everybody give me resilience rolls? Yeah, I rolled an 18 total. I got a 16. Resilience is oh, my only boy. good stat. <laughs> oh, boy. That's uh -oh. no good. Oh, boy. Uh -oh. <laughs> rolled a 9. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. uh, that's a failure. Um, uh, so I'll say that, uh, Professor, you and uh, Barry are able to get to the beach uh, relatively easily, but um, you're both going to have to make, or, or you know what, one of you will have to make a uh, dexterity roll uh, to try and help Dolly get out of the water so she doesn't get pulled back in. I immediately look to Froobs. <laughs> Save the Froobs! Oh, jeez. I take my backpack off so I can move a little bit more. And uh, Nice. This is a dexterity roll, you said? Yes. Well, you are in luck. I rolled an 18 plus one 19. Yay! Ooh, yes, great. So it's it's a very, um, it's a classic move. It's a beautiful cinematic. You reach out your hand. Uh, the psychic grabs you uh, in that kind of like interlocking, like the, the hands grab the forearms. Like it's like real like Michael Bay hand grabbing stuff here. And you pull Dolly out of the water. And you're feeling this incredible uh, sense of success, the three of you, uh, despite being soggy, you've made it back in time. You can feel it. Uh, back uh, you've... in time. It's just, it's, it rings in the air. Uh, you can all, can you feel it? Yeah, you feel that too. Um, <laughs> we hear a sea shanty version coming from one of the ships. Yo, ho, ho, it's the power of love. Anyway, um, gotta go. I've been fired. Uh, see you all later. Um. Soon will the time traveler come. <laughs> they, they, went, they went through a portal by their bums. <laughs> Incredible! Riley, oh. the next time we play the Doctor Who RPG, you should get a story point. <laughs> yeah, yes. As no the GM there. of the Doctor Who RPG, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, one, no one gets to distribute story points except me. Maybe get off my patch. <laughs> um, all right, so the three of you have this incredible feeling of success. You're, 
you're all um you know, again like you've you've accomplished this incredible goal you're on the first step of your your exciting journey um and it's uh it's all so heady and wonderful and adrenaline filled none of you notice th that you have uh, uh walked up straight to a group of uh privateers who are just already sitting there on the island uh halfway encamped uh and every single one of them uh, is pointing their their sort of musket pistoly thing that I can't, of course, remember the name of flintlock, uh, flintlock pistol at you. Mm -hmm. um, and as you scan through this group, this uh, uh, this group of five, including what appears to be an, uh, an illustrious captain, all seated on their overturned rowboat, um, while the guns, of course, catch your eye, uh, the thing you note most of all is is uh, the woman on the left, a woman you've met who has never met you, of course, Eponine Boulay. Ethelene oh, is is dressed in uh, now. When you saw her earlier, she was dressed in much more modern clothes. Like she just had like a long coat and uh, such like that, and like maybe like a V-neck shirt and such. Now you see her, and she is wearing very like period appropriate. She has like a red velvety kind of like um, um, bustier type top. And then a bodice is what I'm the word I'm looking for over like a white frilly undershirt over it, and she's wearing like a pink and red sashed uh, under like a skirt with like some black, and it's like bustled, and she has on boots, and she has a tri-corner hat, and she has a long red velvet coat that has that. I never know. It's like it's got like a brocade style to it. I never know what to call that thing where it's like the military style where it has those like blocks of bars that go down the sides of the coat. She's got a, so it's like a long swashbucklery kind of coat. And I think she has a rapier drawn while everybody else has their pistols. And she 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 does she does seem to have a flintlock pistol, but she seems to favor the rapier. And she's holding it out as well. And she does not have a look of recognition on her face. So when you say to her, uh, it's you, she says, who are... She says an, ex an expletive that we won't say on the podcast for our family from the audience. But she says, who the expletive uh, are you? And... Professor Wilhelm says, "It's we met you some time ago, or we will have met you, or you are going to meet us. We've already met you. I'm old and tired and confused. While everyone else has their their flintlock pistols pointed at you, she has her her rapier drawn, and it is the blade is close to you. And when." Uh, Professor Wilhelm makes his his comment about like being from a previous time, but knowing so there's like implication of time travel. You you just see Professor just this hint of an arch to her eyebrow, like just a flash of recognition that she immediately uh, buries, and then she says to her crew, uh, she says, Ah. These salty landlubbers don't know a thing. Look at them, they almost drowned out there. They can't be much of a threat to us, could they, Captain? Ha! Ha ha, you salty scallywags. Uh, oh, uh, bless uh, your heart. Uh, 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 ah, Boulay, you're absolutely right. But I will say there is one wonderful advantage to these landlubbers. And uh, Captain Blackstone, uh, he's leveled his pistol, but he hasn't lowered it. Uh, and as he looks over the, the three of you newcomers, uh, he says to himself, uh, We've been worried about traps getting to the treasure, and now we have some willing volunteers. I was just going to say, Dolly's probably picked up a slice of deviled egg and is holding it up to Winston to, like, snack upon right now. Oh, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> He's a psychic budgie, Dan. It's a different kind of egg, Dan. Not all birds know each other. <laughs> it would be like eating a slice of Actually, chimpanzee. Actually, they do. If they will, uh, people, but people eat monkey's brains, Michael. That's a delicacy in certain parts of the world. I was gonna say, I was like, that's not a, that's you know not what? a threat anymore. That's just food. <sighs> yeah. I guess I can't yuck their yum. That's fair. <laughs>